John Driver here. You may notice from my audio that I'm not recording this in studio, but Johnny and I wanted to offer our heartfelt condolences of grief to the families of the children and adults of Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. We don't discuss this event in today's episode, so we wanted to express our grief and anger alongside you and the rest of the nation. There is no platitude to offer here except to cry out for the grace, justice, and relief that only God can bring. Our prayers are with you. Today on Talk About That, I tell lies about plants for money and get terrified of loose groceries. Meanwhile, John has theories about the Titanic and stands up to a bully. Plus a conversation about recovery and self-examination. Today's episode is not sponsored by M. Night Shyamalan brand pretzel sticks. They have a little twist at the end. Let's do this. Bantertown, Bantertown. It's another week, Johnny. Another talk about that. We're back. We are back and ready. We never left. Yeah, we've been here the whole time since the last episode. Just hanging out. No, I just mean like we didn't go, we didn't have a hiatus. Oh. Which is the Greek god of vacation. (laughs) It is. I'd, uh, is it really? No. Okay. But it sounds right, doesn't it? Hiatus, it sounds like one of those words that would be in Greek mythology. Kind of like you told me when we first met, you were like, capo, which is the thing you put on a guitar right. on the fret to change it, is it's Spanish. For extra finger. Extra finger. And I believed it for a little Did bit. Did you really? I didn't know this. No, I don't think I believed it. Like for a second, I was like, is it? Because I took a lot of Spanish. I was like, I don't. It's conjugated. I don't think it can be. So I was dating a girl uh, uh, for this next joke. No, I was dating a girl when I was 14. And I was on the phone with her. You know, do you ever have this? You had this because you had the the landline where you like take the phone into another room. And do you yeah. ever have that? Yeah. Okay. So it was one of those like those kind of girlfriends where you like I took the phone on the roof. Like my phone would come way. I would take the landline way up on the roof and I would sit on the roof and wow. talk to this girl for hours. And one time she was getting off the phone. Uh, she said, um, "Did you hear? Did you hear about this? Because I said something about how like they were discovering things were bad for us that we were always told were good for us, like eggs." Yeah. Like, eat your eggs, and now, like, eggs are whatever. They're bad for you. This was the 80s. Right. Early maybe early 90s, maybe. And she's like, yeah, did you hear about this family? They were just drinking milk, and they fell over, and they died. They This, this family's drinking milk together, and they just died. And I go, oh, my gosh. That's awful. And then her mom calls her, and she has to go. She goes, I got to go. I go, okay. So then I told, like, five people that story. I go, this family, did you hear about this family drinking milk, and they died? And then somebody who knew that it was a joke, they go, yeah, cow fell over on him. Nice. And I go, what? That was a joke this whole time? I was telling people like, oh, can you, the society today is falling apart. We got people <laughs> dying from drinking milk. And it was just a dumb joke. That, this is how misinformation begins, John. I dumped that girl so fast. I don't think you did. <sighs> not, really, not really. I think you held on for as long. I'm not really a dumper. I'm always a dumpy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jake, our new uh, youth pastor, when I was interviewing him, he said, I'll just put it this way. I I have never broken up with a girl yeah. or a church. I've always been broken up with. Man. And I was like, dude, you're That's hired. Right. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking for people to come join us. You have just the right amount of self-esteem right. for like, this job. That you can't quit even when you should. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, man. What we want is a doormat. Yeah. And you could be that doormat. You can. Very nicely embossed. Oh, yeah. It'll have like a nice saying on it, but it's a doormat. No. I mean, it's more like a (laughs) 
a foot wipe. Do you have a doormat? Do you have like a, a funny doormat or is it just like a welcome? My doormat, I noticed the other day, has the word driver on it. Nuh-uh. Yeah, I think she had one made or someone gave it to us as a gift. Yeah. Look at that. I was watering flowers or something out there. and There's a lot of plants at the driver estate right now. Plants are expensive. They are. We know we have these planters around the around the pool. I think if you're good at keeping them alive, they're less expensive. You're like, well, this is an investment. This bush will live outlive me. Not with me. I go, here we go again with $500 of shrubs that I'm going to murder over the course of three months. You murder shrubs? Those are hard to get, Johnny. I mean, we're buying annuals. I mean, like, so yeah. you're killing perennials. Yeah, oh, yeah. Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> <That's, that's... laughs> when they say perennials, they they haven't met me. They didn't mean you. Yeah. They yeah. made like a, a another subcategory. They would not have made it to perennial status if I was the only kind of person they were ever around. They'd right. been like, maybe these are annuals. They die every year. Are you planting it in dirt? That's question one. Yeah, the, the, I'm not good at. Well, and I do have you dogs that dig nursery. things up too. Yeah, but I was like a cashier. So it was one of those like you have to fake it till you make it kind of a job where you're like somebody goes, is this the right kind of? Is this good for shade? And first you go, I'm just the cashier. And after like a month, you go, yeah, shade's perfect for that one, buddy. Like you're just trying to get him out of there. Yeah. So I don't mean to say that I lied, but. You lied. <laughs> I don't mean to say it, but I did. Um, what, I'm not on trial here, John. What else What else do you say that you don't mean and that's not true? Is it a... <sighs> Well, I've told people that I liked you. <laughs> hey That's a, for starters. Am I right, though? <sighs> No, but I did lie to people. Because after a while, you just get, you just don't, you know, is this take full sun? And then the next person, is this full shade? And you go, yes, yes, to both of you. Yeah. Just good luck to you. Yeah. I did remember that. There's like a mailbox flower. I learned that one. It's called uh, clematis. And uh, it's like a vine that grows up and has purple flowers. Okay. And it can take the heat of the road. So a lot of people plant that by their mailbox because it's the most intense heat in your yard. Huh. It's right by your mailbox because it's coming off the street. And so... But there's there's things that can really take that you know 150 200 degree heat and that's one of them. What's it called? So I, it's called clematis. It's like a wow. viney. It grows up around your mailbox. And you know, mostly. listener, some of you need to become a spiritual. What's it called again? Clematis. <laughs> Watch me get it wrong. I'm like, no, he did get that even wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I'll and, look it up. I'll I'll check myself. And it's a it sounds like a, actually like a name from the late 19th century. It sounds like, like Greek mythology name. too. Yeah, it's it's a family name that you yeah. would give a middle name for yeah for Sadie that she would hate. Right? Yeah. How dare you, Dad? Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. But that's that's all I really remember. I remember things like that. And I remember the names. Like if a name struck me, uh, like as you know, like Unimus. There's a bush called a Unimus. Right. It's got the weird waxy yellow and green leaf. Uh-huh. You probably have some. In your in your shrub collection, uh, Unimus, whatever you want to call, more it. like Minimus, right? It sounds that sounds like a Bible name, so yeah. I think it stuck in my head. I was like, oh, it's interesting to me, and I huh. remember it. I remember little flourishes like that. But yeah, other than that, like, what soil does this take? Acidic soil? I'd be like, sir, look, I don't. I ring up dirt every day. <laughs> I need you to move on. I make six and a half dollars an hour. Well, we planted. Uh, so I'm right. It's a it's a thing. It's a three hundred uh, butter. It's in the buttercup family. Oh wow, my little buttercup. Uh, anyway, I don't. I'm trying to figure out the hardiness. Hardiness of a. Anyway, I, from what I've heard, they can take the extreme heat. So that's a good. So if you're looking out there, I just listen. You get so much information from this podcast. Oh my goodness! You learn something about yourself. You learn about us. Yeah, and you learn about flowers. Do you don't have an app called Picture This. Oh right, and you can take a picture of the yeah thing. the plant. 
And so like I pick, I've taken pictures when I'm mowing to, to just make sure it's poison ivy or whatever. And it, or if it's not, and it is. Then take a picture of your skin. These blotches. Tell yeah, me. Well, I have some right now. Can you take a picture of that too? I don't. I don't think. Would you like to show the audience? I don't think. Are you allergic to poison ivy? I think everybody's allergic to poison ivy. I don't ivy. think so. I think my wife says she's never had it. You know what I've noticed about me over the course of, and my wife hates this about me. She, like mosquitoes, don't like me. Like we'll go on a walk, like a, we'll go on a three yeah. mile walk, and we'll come back, and my wife is just covered in whelps, and I have no bites. Yeah, we'll walk side by side. And so I don't know what that's about. Because it's not like I don't sweat. Yeah. But I think her sweat is sweeter, maybe. Isn't it a welt? Welp. Welp. I think a welp is what a dog does. Welp. And a, and a welt. Welp. Got another bite. But it's a southernism. We say welt. welt. It's welt. But I You're think right. it's a tea. Anyway, she gets covered in those. <laughs> Bites. <laughs> yeah. Wasps come after me because of my bald head now. Oh, is that what it one, is? Like, the shine? You I think? don't know what it is. One attacked me like on our deck one day. It's like day a light source year. to them? Boy, it was. It's like and, the moon. And when I run. You're reflecting. There are bugs that come after me when I run now. Like, Look at the size of that light bulb. It, it is. It's like, a, I don't know what it is. And it's my quiet spot where I'm going to run through and I'm going to walk back. It's like my prayer time. I thought you were saying it's your just, head is the quiet spot. You're like, oh, yeah, there's no, nothing going they, on up there. They love it. And they put couches out. <laughs> and I, I literally there, there have been times where I was like, ah, oh, finally. Yeah. Just a moment of solace. It's beautiful. It's sunlight. It's right there. It's uh-huh. it's in the Corps of Engineers land, so it's like all undeveloped. I'm just walking on this road, solitary moment, yeah. looking at the sky. And I just get swarmed. Okay. And I like to take my headband or whatever, and I, I'll just, I have to start running sometimes to get away from it, like swatting away. Johnny, it ruins the vibe. I'll put it that way. It's hard to stop and be quiet and still when you're running from a swarm of angry insects. There's got to be a reason God made wasps, right? Like wasps don't seem very – like are they a food source for something well, else? Like that, it's not like that they pollinate anything. No. Right? And they, they're very invasive species too, right? Don't yeah. they invade other other insects? I don't know. Like it's not good. Like I keep – I have a lot of birds in my backyard mm-hmm. and I keep wondering like go eat the wasps, guys. Like go do something. Don't, do you eat other insects? Why not these? Like why can't the species do what we want them to do? Yeah. It's almost as if they're not thinking about what we want at all. No. And – I don't understand it. We're going to work on it. We'll turn it around. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But that's the thing. Like, well, That's a pet peeve, I guess. We were talking about this earlier. Like, what are your pet peeves? Like, I uh, bugs, bugs are not my favorite. Some people like, do you release, do you get a spider in your house? You release it? You kill it. Always kill oh, it. Oh, gosh. You never take it outside mm-hmm. and go, mm-hmm. always kill. Mm-hmm. You're like, he's in my house. Mm. He's an invader. Yeah. But spiders eat other insects, and that the whole thing is like, he's a good spider. How do you know that he's not a spider there to eat you? That's true. Or I mean, a tiny bite of you. My friend uh, Brian Bates had a bit about that that he was working on, and I think we talked it through on another podcast, and I don't know where he was going with it, but what I told him was, when you see a spider, they go, these are good. They eat other predators. They eat whatever. And I was just like, well, how do he said that basically, like, how do I know? And I was like, he's probably looking at you and thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, I got this guy over here. He's just living in the house with me. But, you know, I think he's okay. He's like a white recluse. Are those dangerous? (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite bit of his. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so I don't like, but I don't, but some people release him, you know, they feel like they don't want to kill any living (sighs) thing. But if it was like a bunch of ants in your, cupboard you're just like you're gonna kill ants with impunity right it's a genocide other, yeah, of ants. i noticed the other the other day i was wa- just walking after a run and there was an ant and i went out of my way to step on him huh like
is my nat- I thought my natural inclination is to kill ants, and probably because like Laura got attacked by fire ants on one of our youth trips, and like she had these horrible right. welts on her. So you think that this is like? I think I, I think you're I acting have, out of trauma. It's a PTSD. some sort of blood feud with me and the ants. Like I just don't. I thought huh. maybe I should have just lived and let live. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think when they the idea like when I see a big ant hill in my yard, and I'm like, ooh, this is not good. I'm not saying like I got to stop this ant hill. I'm thinking if I see this, are they under my foundation? Even worse, like are they going to get into the house if I don't do something with this? Yeah. This is 50 feet from the house. Right. How bad is it underneath the? It's like the iceberg, John. Oh my goodness. How bad is what's going on? And so many of you have that in your lives. Yeah. You've got ants that you can see. Which some of them are actual ants in your family. In your case, right? Real ants. Yeah. yeah. You ever thought? You ever thought about the Titanic and the iceberg that? If it would have hit the iceberg head on, uh-huh. then perhaps it wouldn't have flooded all the chambers because it kind of did the whole oh, down the have, side, you know? Yeah. Because it was, it was, it was fine. If like, it wouldn't have crushed something at the point there? Well, the point is, though, like, if it would have just filled the front chambers oh. without filling so many of them, and as it was sinking, they could have gotten off onto the iceberg. That was always my thought. You'd had something to get off. Like, turn around if you can and go back towards the iceberg you just hit. And see if you can get everybody off to stand on the, the iceberg. the iceberg was big enough to just all them to offload? Have you never the... seen the movie Titanic? But, I mean, that's a representation. Yes, it was of... so tall. Like, I don't know if they could all get on there, but you could have got a couple now other you people. Want people... <laughs> Listen, you want people who are in dinner suits and cocktail dresses just to hang out on an iceberg and it's wait for a rescue. better than what they had to do, which was die in the cold water. You're sitting on ice. You're going to still get hypothermia and die. You're, you're dry. You, they could have remained dry on the iceberg. That's how she survived on the door. Guys, you mean this fictional person? <laughs> Do you ever Sadie <laughs> Rose isn't real? <laughs> Sadie always struggles with the fact that and anyone who's ever watched the movie the first time the first the first thing is there was room for both of them and Jack only tried yeah. one time. Didn't Mythbusters do this? Would they both have fit on the door? I heard. And, did, did he, did, I they? can't remember what they proved. They they did all these drawings. It's like how quickly he gave up on life. It's like you said about me last week like I think you might give up at any time. Like he just gave up quickly. Yeah. I mean, he was very selfless, but... Well, he was probably like, you know, he's losing his mind with the hypothermia, so he's not in it. So she's just like, you know, what she, does she say don't let go and then he lets go? Or does she say let go and he lets go? She said... Never, I'll never let go. Yeah, I'll never let go, never let go. And then at the end, she has to pry his frozen hands off and throw him into the bottom of the ocean. But it was it was, How would she just symbolic. let him hang on there? I'll she never could, let go, I'll never let But at this point, you're kind of a creepy dead person because, hanging on to my door. <laughs> Because, I need you to go ahead and get off my door. Because she had to swim over and get the whistle because she was going to miss her opportunity to call for help. And she so could, he's like an anchor now. She was yelling. She was like, help. It wasn't loud enough. They couldn't hear. Oh, right. So she it's had been to, a long time since I've seen it. She had to unhinge herself from him, Yeah. kind of swim, get the whistle, start blowing it, and that's when they came. Wow. Guys, isn't that just – I mean, it's a tale as old as time. Um, I think that's Beauty and the Beast. Oh, sorry. And don't you think that's not a tale as old as time? Like where well, I think they mean a prince. I mean like I think it's a tale as old as time that ugly people attract beautiful women. <laughs> I think that's maybe the tale as old as time. You think that's what they're talking about? Yeah. Because the whole story in general, uh-huh. if you call it really the tale, mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever happened before. Where he was turned into a hideous beast by a witch. Right. And all of his underlings on the flower and yeah, like guys, y'all made a up a very unique, a very a, unique story. Yeah, this is distinctive. A, yeah, yeah. This is a tale as new as when you just told it. Right, is what it is. Like the only time it was retold is when you kept making remakes of it. Right. So 
I think that the whole song is a farce. I think is what I'm getting at. Okay. My pet peeve, by the way, we've said before, has to do with songs, one of them. Oh, yeah. With music. Yeah. My pet peeve is when great songwriters and worship songs get to the bridge and just start singing the chorus of Amazing Grace again. Bro. Yeah. Because they go, hey, this is public domain. I, I guess. Like, it's in, nostalgia. Like, we really love this song. Would it really get people's, like, I know Amazing Grace. I believe in it. I, like, write something new. You've, you've written everything else. This is a very controversial position of yours. That you believe <laughs> in Amazing man. Grace. I just want people to not incorporate it into an, a new song. Just don't do it. Do you have, let your amazing grace be like amazing a pet grace. peeve? It's very like not inwardly focused. Like, do you have pet peeves about yourself or oh, within yeah. your everyday life? Here's something that I've noticed about myself that is like, it makes Curry laugh, so it doesn't bother her as much. Clearly, all right. Uh, we got groceries last night. Uh-huh. You know, way too many. We're like, oh, we need all this stuff, and now we're gonna have just meat rot in our fridge while we eat out. And uh, put so, in the freezer. Yeah. Sorry. So we get back, we get them in the car, and then we, my little hatchback, and we take off. And I start taking turns in the parking lot, and immediately I hear fruit and hot dogs and shifting, <laughs> rustling. It drives me so – because I'm just like – and I don't know what it is about it. And Curry doesn't really understand it either, and I had to kind of sound it out for her. And I was like, I think it's the fear of a banana has rolled underneath my seat and is now going to rot there. Yeah, and I'm not gonna know until. But isn't just, it in the very back? How could it jump the seat? I don't think you know how I drive. <laughs> <laughs> if one banana came off the bunch, jumped the seat, and went under the like you would. Well, maybe a banana's you, not you because just, that's a very oblong. You weird. rolled your car, is what that means. Yeah, like, there was no I've way, been a magic banana here. Yeah, that's one magic banana. Um, but like, I think it happened one time with the remember the Valari that I had I the blue Valari. It had a smell one time, and I was like, what in the world? What died? And, the, and there was like, I don't know what, like a hamburger patty or something had just. How did a single hamburger patty? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was like a pack of hot dogs or something. <laughs> but it was basically meat, just rancid meat. Hey again, it was a pack of hot dogs. And I think I'm traumatized from that, and I still like. A pack of hot dogs would be So every time I hear like fruit these... rolling around. Plus, I'm always thinking, of, not just the, the matter of that could rot under your seat, but I'm imagining like. Everything's out of the bag now. I'm gonna have to like regather all this. This is this is a very specific pet peeve that does it, people old, are gonna. I think people are gonna people are gonna totally like resonate with this. No, no, no. I think they're gonna be like Johnny's not right. Yeah, like something's not right. He needs here. a special kind of therapy. He's <laughs> like, do you ever tie off the bags when you get them to the car, like just so they don't come open? Yeah, I do, but I don't. That's think because it, I doubt that I do it like you do. Though. When you when you just when you take off from the parking lot and you hear that, you're like. Oh boy, here we go. You don't think that? I, you know what? Yes, it does. It does the first shifting. Because I know that's why they have those little nets in the back of the minivans for soccer moms, is so you can put all your groceries and they stay put. That's what those are for. They stay put. I thought but I took was... that net out immediately because I put my bike in all the time. And so I just need complete clearance there. Oh. I need a flat surface. But now I got, you know, Tangelo's running around or Tangelo. Is it Tangelo? Tangelo? You, let's call the whole thing off. Uh, <laughs> you Clementine? I don't, I don't. You ever eat those tiny oranges that are yeah. seedless? Oh yeah. What are they called? Uh, cuties. Cl- cuties, but they're Clementine oranges, right? Anyway. Now they're, they're like, everywhere. It's, it's one of those things of like, you know, you go, oh, this is easier to peel. And this is two bites of food. It's, they're tiny. They're you have to tiny. eat four of them. Yeah. To get you any You could have just got a big orange. Yeah. But then you got An seeds. Aunt Clementine. 
That's what you. I think it's interesting that we make fruit now that can't reproduce itself. And on purpose, because we're like irritated by the seeds. Like a seedless watermelon can't make other watermelons. Hey guys, come on. See what I'm getting at? Guys. Do you see what the spiritual illustration is here? Sometimes you don't want to deal with that which could make this move forward. Right. Into longevity. Because it's not as convenient uh-huh. for us to just enjoy what the fruit really is. And because of that, we're not making... Is it disciples? Would we say? Would we go into that? Well, I was thinking like in community. In community, you got You got to let the seeds be there because the seeds planted are the hard parts that cause it to continue for the future. If you want, if you want something, people to grow, want church. They want church without the community. They want an orange without the seeds, bro. And so it's just good for a minute, and they move on. It's a your pastor is a cutie. That's what you're saying. <laughs> No one's ever accused me of being that. Uh, I've been accused of a lot of things, never a cutie. That's what I'm saying is if, if your pastor is – if you would refer to your pastor as a cutie, what you've got is a pastor who cannot uh, make things grow. Yeah. Because he's, he's, out, he's out there seedless. Mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's happening. There's a metaphor. There's a logistical end to every metaphor. We've reached I, I have judgy pet peeves. Yeah. So yeah, I have it about myself. Like my entire. That's the thing is, you're a very kind person, affable person, ministry oriented person, and you're also seething with rage. (laughs) I think that you just described me in a very succinct and accurate way. Like Curry told me that last night. She said we're dealing with you know a lot of things in her uh, family, uh, her extended family, and she was just like, "I'm really, I'm really having anger issues," and I just didn't notice it. I go, like. Do I make you angry? She goes, sometimes. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> Let's move on. What? A, who else makes uh, you angry, yeah, yeah. babe? Um, yeah, you you started of, right at like, it. Like, Curry's yeah. so kind and right. so, like, sweet. But everybody has anger. But that's the thing is, like, to think of her being – like, I see her every now and again get irritated. Yeah. But I think, yeah, to think of somebody, like, losing – like, having to calm themselves down. Yeah. I just don't – I was on a call with some pastors that I do every couple of weeks, some friends – and we just kind of share some life together, which I understand is a, a Christian term. Yeah. But I suppose everybody shares life together. Everybody but shares we're the life. ones who just, say that. Yeah. We have to say it. And I'm I was, now sharing life with you. Right. I was venting about some things and they came off kind of angry. And then and some of them were like professional counselors and they were like, hey, like, I hear your anger. Like, yeah. I, I hear that. But what I really think it is, is it's grief and it's coming out. S- An- anger's ugly cousin. And it's coming out sideways through anger or through worry yeah. or through control. And I think that's a real, like, I, I know in counseling kids, that's a big thing. When you're really sad, anger is an easier emotion uh-huh. because you're a little more in control of it. Sadness, you just sit in. You don't really know what to do with it. Right. Anger lets you point it towards right, somebody. Right, and go break something or right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then there could be a healthy even side to that. And we talked on Sunday a little bit about that, that... There is an anger that doesn't end in sin. You know, be angry and sin not, you know, Scripture says. And sin, I think, here, by its best definition, meaning, hey, stay on target. Like, don't don't miss the target of what the relationships are. But if you don't have any anger, like, anytime I counsel young couples who want to get married, I'm like, tell me about, tell me about your, your fights. Yeah. And they're like, we've never fought. I'm like, don't get married. Like, don't do it. Yeah. Like, you're not ready yet. My friend Ed Wiley posted the other day, he said, we know, we know premarital counseling doesn't work. What we need to do is have everybody that wants to get married go get a family of six ready for church on Sunday morning and get them all there on time. 
Then you know if you're ready. That'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. Well, that's a lot. I mean, you got you got to manage. I don't know. You got to have the emotions. I think recognizing the source of emotions is a very yeah. everybody. Some people think of those of us who, whether it's through Enneagram or through therapy or through recovery or whatever, is like a whole lot of. There's a term. There's a whole lot of introspective nasal navel gazing. Or, not, na- not or nasal. That's gazing. a different thing. <laughs> and this, this, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at myself yeah. a lot. And it, I would have been that guy. You know uh, me. We're talking about who I was 10 years ago at lunch today. 10 years ago, I'd have been like, look, guys, don't look inside. The answer's not there. Like, stay busy. Yeah. You, know, st- you know, trust God and move forward. In a, you know. And at, at this point, I'm going, um, I heard someone say today, a faith that has not been deconstructed can't be real yeah. very long. Who was it that said uh, the unexamined life is not worth living? Mm. Like same kind of thing. Like if you're not, if you're not, yeah. it's worth digging in and see how you're wired and then look at that through like, okay, well this is how I'm wired as it pertains to my faith in God or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we're afraid to look in cause we're like, we don't want to become humanists or whatever. Right. We're afraid of that. That's like the big, the big like end game of like, whatever you do, don't become one of those people that's always depending on yourself. Like we take, we've stripped away some of the things that God gave us. Yeah. Like I've heard that even like in worship services where they go, uh, this church, they go to worship and they have these worship services and everybody gets in there and just feels good. And it's like, what if God gave us worship music so we could feel activate our emotions and feel good in a group? Yeah. Like, is that so bad? But we've convinced ourselves that if it feels good, it's wrong. Right. It's weird. Or it can't, it can't have depth. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't want to do it because they don't want to stop and really examine inside because there is, there is a, deafening silence to your inner soul an inner space almost that you're scared of. If yeah. I get in here and I really look around and I don't stay in motion, yeah. what are the implications? Like wh- what, what will I find? Uh, I know one of my friends who was in recovery, I was his mentor. <laughs> he called me in like step three or I don't know, maybe three or four. I think there were a few choice words that came along with it in his honesty. He mm-hmm. was like, when does this, like, when do I stop digging and finding all this crap? Yeah. Like he was beginning to uncover things that had been there his whole life. And he's ready to stop digging. It's like, wow, this is a lot, you know, um, that needs to be, I need, I needed to know this. It's a red pill, blue pill a little bit, but life was maybe easier. Yeah. Or I was convincing myself life was easier when I could just stay in motion and hurt people around me, but not be aware of it. Yeah. Live in unhealthy patterns. I'm not aware of it. Uh-huh. Really make very little difference in the world, but I'm not aware that I'm not, not ma- making a difference yeah. in the world. So isn't that better to not be aware? Yeah, when <laughs> I know? see like people who are aloof or naive about whatever, it's almost like I'm almost jealous of that a little bit because you're like, yeah, it's like ignorance is bliss. Even if it, when it comes to your own sensibility, you're like, oh, this is, feels they're just they're just unaware. They seem happy though. Whereas I'm always like analyzing my own motives and constantly second guessing myself. I wonder which is better. Yeah. I don't know. I think that there is a, there has to be a balance. There's this idea that there, I am called to concern myself with the things that God is concerned about, which is going to be heavy. God is concerned about the widow and the orphan. God is concerned about the sick, the abandoned, the abused. So, 
when I am near the things of God, I am entering into his concerns. Yeah. And the complexity and the depth of darkness in those places is overwhelming. And it's easier to look away. It's easier, yeah. To just let apathy go, well, some, this is somebody else's issue. And at some point you have to go, how can I, how can I be involved in what God's involved in without owning what only God can own? There's that line. How can I know? I talked Sunday about that a little bit, about the lifeguarding, how modern-day lifeguarding. Have you seen these guys? Yeah. If you see modern-day lifeguard, there's this, I don't know, I'm sure it's got a name of the technique. They don't just sit there and look at the water. Like they make a concerted motion, a pass. They walk the perimeter of uh-huh. their side of the pool or walk back and forth, and you'll see their eyes looking down. Sometimes their hands do it. They look down to make sure, even though there could be no one in the pool, but that's their job for that five hours is to monitor, and it's very systematic. Yeah. And so I was saying, like, for my worry, it's like that. Like I have to constantly be seeing, just, just looking at it, yeah. And going, have I crossed into a place where I'm owning something only God can own? I have to keep looking at it. Yeah. Or else, you know, I can't just stare at the whole pool. I have to be asking that question. Yeah. And I was thinking too, like some people, the way we used to do lifeguarding is like, wait till somebody's drowning and then go save them. Right. And that's how some people treat their lives. They're yeah. like, I'm good. I'm not, I mean, I'm taking on water, but. Right. So far, I'm coughing a little bit, but I'm good, right? And then they wait until they're absolutely like at crisis level before they have any intervention at all. Oh, yeah. One of our guys today said he's in an, an adoption, um, an adult, adult adopted children kind of group. And he said they have – and we have the same saying in Regen or in 12-step recovery. He's like, this sort of recovery is not for people who need it. It's for people who want it. Yeah. Because the truth is, everybody needs this. Mm-hmm. But it will only be those who have taken on enough water sometimes. That's why it's such a hard, it's such a hard messaging to be like, uh, people like, oh my gosh, you're just going to be the place that only talks about your brokenness. And we, we would deal with that messaging tone a little bit. Like, hey, you know, hey, there's joy. And there's, you know, we got to be careful not to jump to step eight every time with someone who's never, who didn't even know the steps existed. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, yeah. that could be overwhelming. So there, there's a validity to that. But the flip side is, is the people who enter into that usually are like, I can't navigate life anymore the way it's going. And so they're committed because they're at the end of themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's a beauty to that. There's like this real, I've come to the end of myself. I got to do something different. And I, I thought I would never get there. I thought I had all the tools. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I got this. Like, I'm, I really did instinctively believe I was less broken than other people. Yeah. You know, I knew I didn't want to say you knew absolutely like, wow, this guy. Yeah. I was like, one day he'll figure it out. And then one blessed day you did. (laughs) No, I don't know. I always thought you were a long ways to go to figuring out. But But your point about like not rather not knowing people leave themselves unexamined. I'm listening to that. I told I talked about it last week's, but I'm listening to this documentary uh, or podcast on the Nixon scandal, the Watergate scandal. And I thought it was over, but they had a special episode this week, and it was an interview post. So it was like the, the documentary's come on slide. The podcast almost like a storytelling kind of vibe, like an audio book. This was a literal interview. It was a sit interview with somebody who studies and teaches about conspiracy theories. And she was basically the, – the, the purpose of the whole uh, episode was did this start – the major belief in conspiracy theories because we kind of showed that there can be a government conspiracy sure. 
proven. So did this lend itself to like, well, then they're all true. Right. And like it, it, they come out of the woodwork now. And we see it for sure now with QAnon and everything else. And so he was kind of worried about that evolution and kind of interested in that. But one of the things she said that was so fascinating to me was this guy, I didn't know this, and I was talking to you about this too, but there was a, a committee that kept investigating Watergate after it was over. And one of the things they did was this guy was like this really like true believer politician. And his thought was he was from Idaho. His name was church. So they called it the church committee, even though it had nothing to do with churches. It was because of his name. So this, this congressman or uh, state representative, he was like determined to get to the bottom of all of these scandals because he thought if the American people know everything that we've done wrong, right, bring it on they'll be light. able to get their trust in government back. Yeah. And instead, it made it so much worse. Like there was already a 30 – I think it was 37 percent believed that the government would do the right thing by the time Nixon resigned. And it went down to like 34 percent at the end of the church committee Wow! Uh, in the hearings. And they uncovered stuff that was crazy, stuff that I did not know was real. Like you hear go, oh, that's a, scan- that's a scandal that whatever. Like the CIA tried to get Martin Luther King to kill himself by threatening to expose his affairs. Wow. Like they sent him a letter writing campaign where they were like, hey, this is all going to come out, but you could make it all go away if you just end your life. That was us. That was our government that did that. So we did crazy stuff. We tried to kill Castro like five or six different ways, and some of them were insane, like an exploding seashell that we constructed and tried to get in his purview that it would just ex- – like crazy stuff like out of a, a movie. And But the thing that was interesting to me was years after that or the year of the, those committees and when they all came out, everyone polled. Basically, they figured out that the Americans would rather have not known. Interesting. It wasn't like, oh, I'm so glad we know all the dirt about our country. They were like, no, no, no. Go kill Castro. Go kill these foreign leaders yeah. uh, illegally. Just whatever. Right. And I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore, but it is interesting to think that like – We've talked about it before. Like, I know there's black ops going on. I know there's stuff that's happened that has kept us safe. Right. And I can stand it as a moral, moral, like, they shouldn't have done that. Waterboarding is wrong. And yet it probably kept major cities from being bombed at one point or another. So it's weird for me to, like, have that weird, uh, I'm ambivalent about it. Because I go, yeah, I know that I need Jack Nicholson's character from Few Good Men on that wall. Yeah. But I also can stand in moral obligation to him and or morally, you know, this is wrong. You shouldn't be. Right. Indignation. Indignation. Like, no, yeah. What are you doing? And uh, so it's weird to have both of those things at once going on. But it is interesting that like when the country basically went through this thing where they're like, here's everything. And they go, ugh. Right. <laughs> you know? Too much. No. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think. Course, and maybe that's kind of what recovery is like. You go, here's all the gook. And that after a while, you're like. I just – can we go back to where I was just like living my life? <laughs> well, and- recovery is supposed to put you in a place where you recognize it's unmanageable. Yeah. That's step one. My life my life is unmanageable by my own means. That's step one. Yeah. You, you admit that your life but is It's really similar because you're exposing your own in, – in a word, you're exposing your own corruption. Yeah. Just the way, in the same way that they were exposing yeah. government corruption. Like you're going, oh, so my motives really are kind of shady in this spot. Yeah. I thought I had these – and it turns out I'm like angling for attention or I'm angling for empathy or, or uh, you know, sympathy for, because I'm good at this. I want attention in this way. So I do this or anything well, in even, a relationship. You discover that even Enneagram teaching is that your personality that you as you know, it is what the Enneagram does is it reveals who you are before the world told you who you should be. OK, so the personality you developed often is a series of coping skills in order to actually mask who you really are. Yeah. So if it's people pleasing, you do this thing to protect the real you. 
And then a comedy is a huge, huge yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I put this out here. I mean, how many comedians – you've said everyone you've ever met. At some point, that was a tool they needed for survival somewhere yeah. else in life. And now they can yeah, use it. Yeah, or you're it. not the good-looking guy, so you've got to get the girl's attention. It goes back to like caveman times right. of like, you know, I found this shiny rock for you. Well, yeah. my shiny rock is a joke. Right. You know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think education, like, again, I always – I could I can confess this now through so much, but like my go-to move is, if possible, set my words up in a way to make you feel stupid if I need to win. Yeah. And so, like, I can remember a bully. I don't remember what I said to right, him. Like being being the smartest person in the room is utmost. Yeah. There was I was in eighth grade and I was in a school, a private school that had you know uh, seven through twelve in one building, and uh, it was Davidson Academy High School. By the way, in, Are we going to talk about private school Nashville. bullies and, and how the, they're a lower class of bullies? Well, they're, <laughs> they're still <laughs> there was this dude, and I I remember his name. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, but there was this dude who was a senior. I was an eighth grader, and uh-huh. he was like star football starter, yeah. bench 300 pounds kind of guy. And I'm little scrawny eighth grader, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I said. And we were standing in line at the at the Coke machine or something, and that must have been bad. Yeah, but I had that smart little eighth grade mouth. You know, oh, you boy. think my mouth's smart now? I mean, I, I can put a governor on it at times like i just unfettered just complete smart aleck life was it around your friends and you're trying to impress them i don't know like i think he kind of shoved me out of the way or something to get in line or something and i don't know what i called him or what i said yeah but whatever it was it worked oh no in that i got my point across that uh you might be bigger and stronger but you're a neanderthal you didn't count on this brain right you didn't count on me having these words here and being able to completely outsmart you yeah the next thing i know the guy had thrown me across a table <laughs> and was had his hands basically around my throat yeah hovering over me and some girl ran over there and broke it up it was, guys wait a minute guys and <laughs> so wait a girl saved you i don't know who it was she just Wouldn't tried it be to great if you married that girl i think and that's how i met your and that's how i met laura well she just ran over and was like i think she knew like the big senior is like i don't know he had roid rages i don't know what was going on whoa but i mean he he was like if i when i was a senior i don't think i ever would have grabbed an eighth grader by the throat i just yeah. i don't know but she was like, guys, guys, and kind of broke it up. And I kind of backed up like, yeah, you know, I'd be glad she was here. Inside, <laughs> inside, I was wetting myself yeah. uh, emotionally and possibly physically. I don't remember. But it was like this. We've all wet ourselves I mean, inside. guys, on the inside. That's, it, that's how you go septic. That's not good. You shouldn't, <laughs> it should come out. <laughs> but it was like a, yeah, the, the words, that, my, the, the tool yeah. evoked the response, just not the one I wanted. I think you were being a tool, and then you got <laughs> dealt with. That's what happened. <laughs> hey, let that guy let that guy come now. Hey. Guys, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready now. Uh, I'll just get behind There Johnny. was a time when I was 300 pounds plus, and you smarted off to me, and I thought, I could choke this guy. <laughs> I never did it. Because <laughs> we've got a history, and there's just no sense. Right, come right. on. Well, I gotta go get another best friend. I'm not doing uh, that. Who's I'm got not, time for that? Yeah, I'm not doing that. It takes that. a long time to get those. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun, that's funny though. I never knew that story. Really? Yeah. I never oh, knew yeah. you got choked out by a bully. Well, see, that's the thing is, who was the bully though? Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, he started it. What did he do? You don't even remember what he really I think did. Just, again, I think he jumped in front of me in the in the line for the Coke machine or something and kind of like shoved me a little it's like bit. like, next. Yeah, it was like, I got in my way, little peon kind of thing. And I'm just mm. like, hmm, peon. And then I opened my mouth. And I don't know what I said. You don't remember what you said? <laughs> I had no idea. But whatever it was, I think it was like, you know, I don't know. I don't think it was verbose or something. I just think it was. Man. 
See, I never really got in real fights. The closest thing to real fights were always with my brother, you know. We would just go yeah. knock down, drag out. Just brutal. My brother and I would fight some. And I was the bigger twin. I was the big so, twin. So you were twins same age. My brother's two years older. We'd we'd wrestle. We had one real fight. Yeah. I remember one time and as teenagers, like almost young adults, there was a thing. I, I mean, I jumped him for something he said. Oh, boy. And that was like a big – but he was a really good big brother. Like he yeah. just – he was kind of like – we talked about last week. We got to fight you – know, we have a mutual friend that almost got in a fight with one time and another mutual friend was watching us and he was like, dude, th- that guy would have killed you. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, well, if y'all would have started fighting, you would have been thinking, don't hurt him because mm-hmm. you're the big brother in the situation. Like you're the, and he would have been thinking nothing because his eyes were wild with rage. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you had pushed, you yep. know, y'all. And I think my brother always no matter what he's gonna hold back yeah he's, he wasn't punches. gonna you know yeah my older brother uh was four years older than us and uh he would never we never fought but he would wrestle like i think that's why i was thinking about the other day because i was like why are you why do you like old school wrestling and i started thinking about it it's like a touchstone from my childhood yeah and i remember like my brother older brother putting me in like the figure four leg lock and like suplexing me onto the bed and yeah. jumping off the top rope which was the dresser Trying not to hit the ceiling nice. fan, being mindful of the ceiling fan. Nice. And just like, but I go, you know, wrestling's fake, but this hurts. You <laughs> have hurt me. And I remember one time I was sick. I had the flu or something. And we were just barely, I was, it was on like day three. And I was just starting to drink, sip cola, just drink a little Coke and have some crackers. And I was like, I'm feeling better. And then my brother was like, oh, you're feeling better? And he put me in some hold and like slammed me on the bed. And I vomited. <laughs> 82 ounces of soda and saltines wow. onto him. Well, then, yeah, jokes he on got, him. That's right. Yeah. That's my finishing maneuver. That's how, that's when I knew <laughs> I was going to be a wrestler. It does feel like it punishes you both. Yeah. But, because I'm not a quiet, I know we talked about this before, and I don't mean to be gross, but when I throw up, yeah, it sounds like I'm dying. Uh-huh. Like, it's a full-on yell. Like, it's a, it's, it's a, a yell vomit. Yeah, like, you can hear me from two rooms over. Like it comes out vocally. We get it, John. You got a big house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the East Wing. She could hear me. The butler runs in and is like, Master, are you okay? And I'm like, Jeeves, please just bring me some more derbs. I'll be fine. <laughs> said he was in the boathouse and heard it. I couldn't believe it. Uh, just kidding. But no, it's like a, it's like a, like if I ever throw up, it wakes Laura up every time, middle of the night or something. Like if I've been sick, often, I don't throw up a how lot. How often are you vomiting? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Once a week, Laura's like, I got to get some sleep. You got to stop vomiting. I've probably thrown up less than 10 times in 20 yeah. something years of, of marriage. But it's a, when it happens, like yeah. it's one of those, oh my gosh, like you can, uh, <laughs> they ever tell you, it's just gross. Sadie and Laura and I all got a stomach bug at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Sadie went down first and then... No, wait, maybe me and Laura went down first. My mom lives with us. It was so funny. I think Sadie was already sick, too. We put a mattress in our room. We just, like, quarantined us off in our one room. Okay. And it it's was like, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You're all sharing the bed? Well, me, to, me and Laura, it was just like, it was bad. Yeah. And so it was so bad, we had to have a bucket. Oh, the bucket? Because I was in the bathroom, and my mom, like, just kind of opened the door to check on us. Mm-hmm. And I, she could hear me doing what I do yeah. in the bathroom. And Laura was thrown up into a bucket, and she just kind of, 
He's got to open the door. I mean, it was like yeah. a scene from a horror film yeah. happening right she was there. Like, Unclean. And she already. was like, nope, or something yeah. like. I forget exactly what she said. She just closed. okay. I think she's like yeah. okay. And she just yeah. closed the door, yeah. and she got it a day later. But uh, oh. yeah, it was bad. But yeah, dude, you. Um, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> this is great. I don't know why, but. We can ask our listeners, are you a quiet vomiter? Yeah, I wonder if there are people out there who like have a very respectful right. vomit. I like that we talk about topics but I'm saying that may- get real. But you know, Maybe there is like a more, is there a respectful, quiet, like vomiting is you're out of control. Yeah. There's nobody that's like, mm-hmm, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> I have tossed I know people who cookies. sneeze like that. They sneeze politely. It's like, <laughs> it's like this little. It's like a mouse. It's like, I don't. Yeah. When I sneeze, usually, it's I mean, it's, it's Katie substantial. Katie bar the door. It's attempting to move something. Where did Katie bar the door come from? Isn't Does that, everybody say that? Isn't that a knife that you put, like a big knife that you put between the two door handles to block it so they can't get out? Oh, it's a Katie bar? Yeah. I, think I so. thought it was like you're asking a lady named Katie, Katie, bar, bar the, the door. door. <laughs> I swear, that's what I thought. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Everybody has a lady named Katie in their house, yeah. in my scenario. Yeah. Wow. So you're saying it's a Katie bar. Yeah. What's the bar that goes, like in big New York apartments, you see the bar that goes down through the floor, the extra deadbolt? Uh, I don't know, a deadbolt bar? Seinfeld used to have a bit about that. About The idea being that once the intruder is in, he has something to beat you with. Just <laughs> <laughs> pull that bar out. Yeah, my wife has never really watched Seinfeld. Interesting. And I, I had a few episodes on the other day while she was doing something in the background, and she chuckled several times. Oh, okay. So it, it, I started to say, if she's like, I don't get it. Like, I'm going to have a hard no, time with that. No, she gets it. Now, she's not going to take the time. No. But. To invest. But there was, but there was some funny stuff. 150 I episodes, episodes or whatever. But it was, it was pretty funny. They're just so. They're all great. I still watch them and laugh, but whatever. We're yeah. all, it, it's the thing of like, we were a certain age when it came out, so I guess that it locks in, but. To me, it still holds up. Oh, I think it was the uh, the man's ear episode. Oh, yeah. That's a very, The bro or the man's yeah. ear. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes guys need, guys need extra support, John. They're out there. <laughs> when the whole family walks in. Yeah. When he's putting it on him. Yeah. That's a funny moment. Until and some of you guys, I feel like you've needed extra support over the years. And, and we've provided it. Yeah. No? And, and maybe we're asking for a little support in return. Well, look, there's no pressure, but if you wanted to, you could go to our patron, uh, Patreon link at talkaboutthatpodcast.com where you can also listen to over 200 archived episodes. And uh, look, if you want to help support the show, we're not going to tell you no. If you go, hey, I enjoy this quality-free content, we're fine with that too. Yeah. And I would like to say that we uh, have a pretty exciting announcement coming up. It may be a little bit. Yeah, but there are some significant podcast related. Yeah, podcast related things that are happening right now. So we've already had like we've gone to video. Yeah, which I don't know if that's a lot of people are like, hey, hey we didn't we're good with just you. listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this: the video we're working on. Let's just be honest; we were actually working on this before today's shoot. Yes, we're in a one camera shoot right now. We actually have three cameras. We're working on the working tech. on trying to get them to switch. Like uh, automatically. Every time one of us talks, so we don't have to have a producer yeah. in the room. It's working at like 85% right now. It's not all the way there. It's got to be tweaked. So, but yeah, so we're not getting our best shots right now. But when we have three cameras, bro, watch out. <laughs> Look out. It's going to be. So, uh, but that's, you know, but that's, that's okay. I mean, again, it's, it's. So we went to video, but now this announcement is going to be more significant. Yeah, it's substantial. So, so we were getting ready for that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, thanks for everybody that listens to the show. We we do appreciate it, and we enjoy making it. Even if you even if no one listened, John, it might just be us talking into the void. Oh, I'm we were already it, doing it for twenty years of our friendship. So yeah, that's kind of why we did this. Yeah. I will say we've received many, many amazing emails, and I want to remind you guys, if you send us a great email, especially for a book giveaway or something, if you feel so inclined, you know, hey, go on into Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and see if you can leave a five-star review and maybe copy and paste some of those things that are appropriate into that so other listeners can find us. If the the podcast meant a lot to you, uh, help us reach more people with it, and those reviews are a good way to do that. The algorithm needs your help Mm. so other people can find us. It's watching. The algorithm is. is watching right it now. It hears this right now. Yeah. It knows. Hashtag the truth is out there. Yeah. Hey, you should check out Johnny's uh, website. The best place to go, in my opinion, is Linktree slash Johnny W. Yeah, do that, and you can get to all my links. Actually, I just moved all my dates over to Bands in Town. Mm. So you can follow me on Bands in Town, which please do that. And that way you get automatic updates when I'm coming nearby because it, it kind of finds metadata in your location. So yeah. if I'm coming near your city, you'll get an automatic uh, little uh, notification. Yeah. I didn't know that it did that. So I've moved all my calendar over to Bands in Town. Wow. So that's linked on my link tree and on my website. Sweet. So yeah. Go check it out. And you can even, there's a button at my website too where you can go. I want Johnny to come to my city. And if I get enough of those from a certain city, then I'll know, hey, I can yeah. sell tickets there, so I'll go there. So if you have that, if you go, well, he's never going to come to Smyrna, hey, hey, you're wrong. You're wrong. I mean, you might be right, but you will never know until you push the button. Yeah. Isn't that just which, like our lives? Which Smyrna are we talking? Uh, the original Smyrna. Isn't that, is that, is that Greece? Georgia. <laughs> is there a Smyrna, Greece? <laughs> Is it Smyrna an ancient Roman or Greek? Probably, city? or they would. I'm wouldn't. pretty certain, like Athens yeah. or Rome. It sounds like one of those like family names of a southern Smyrna. You Get know, over like, here, right? Or like the dog's name, Smyrna. Smyrna, Smyrna put that down. Smyrna, bar the door. <laughs> Smyrna, bar the door. <laughs> That's great. You can check out my link tree as well. Link tree slash John Driver. Yeah, and uh, if you'll leave John a, a review, he will send you a book. Well, I've sent out quite a few books. Are you I'm, saying that's over? No, it's, already, I'm like, gonna, now you have to do it because I've said it. It's still no, it's still open. No take backs. We've done quite a few, and I will just say, hey, to all of you who I sent the book to, I appreciate you reading it. Don't forget to go leave that review. Now it's an honor system. Oh, they did. Yeah, I mean they have to read it first because it can't be an honest review. <sighs> that makes sense. Yeah. So hey, if if you got that book, you know, hey, I'm not hurting you along or anything. But just make sure I'm just reminding you. Hey, make sure you leave that hey, review. Hey, quid pro quo. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I give you the. Hey, it's an honest review. Could be a one star. I'm taking chances here. Mm. Yeah, you're really putting yourself out there. Yeah. I appreciate your vulnerability. Well, I'm glad to be here. It's the depths of my soul that I'm born on. Talk about that. The podcast and listener. We look forward to bearing our souls again next week on Talk About That. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. 
and even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com.